Blog Talk Radio. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
Welcome to Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, John Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog for two hours of, well, we'll see what God has in store. Um, our call in number tonight is 619-638-8458. I'm surprised I've already memorized that. Um, we have a chat room open. If you need immediate prayer and can't get to a phone, um, you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Um, I heard from Chris that last night got rather interesting in my absence, which it always ends up being like that. But whenever, I guess it's good that we get attacked at times because it proves that we're doing the right thing because if the enemy wasn't concerned he wouldn't even pay attention to us um, so last night um, my mom passed away and it was far from ordinary my mom had heart surgery um, back in December January and then which I've mentioned before on the show, and the doctors had put it off, put off the surgery for close to six months because they said she wouldn't make it through the surgery. Um, and so I prayed with her at her request multiple times, and she came through the heart surgery just fine. Um, but then she was in a coma for close to a month, came out of the coma, and slowly started to make progress. And then, toward the end, um, started having more issues. Um, different parts of her body were shutting down, and finally, her kidneys started started shutting down from all the complications from the surgery. Um, and I went up there to the hospital after work. My dad, well, to start off, my dad called me yesterday morning and and told me that the doctors had been telling them that if her kidneys didn't get better, they'd have to make a decision as far as what to do. Um, and so I went up to the hospital with every imaginable attention of praying for her and seeing God raise her up. And so I got to the hospital, prayed with her, and was confident that God was going to heal her. And at some and I took my dad outside and we had a long talk about life and death and God. Because my dad, um, when I was a little kid, he used to always anytime I needed he would read the Bible to us and stuff and if I ever needed to know where something was in the Bible I could go to him. And I knew my mom was a believer and she knew God and she knew Jesus. And so we had this long talk about how the Bible says it's every is appointed to every man once to die. And that and I told him regardless of what the rest of my family said, because they were sort of pushing to end it. I told him I would stand in faith with him and no matter what. And he said he would 
keep believing and keep hoping until she flat out said that she was ready to stop fighting and that she was ready to go home. It's an interesting choice of words because I learned a lot last night. Anyway, I went into the hospital room sometime after that and I looked at my mom and I told her that I would keep praying for her and I would keep believing for God to raise her up unless she was ready to go home. And she said yes. Which was the first time I almost broke down and started crying during this whole ordeal. And I walked out of the room and passed my dad and I pretty much told him and I warned him not to ask her. And went downstairs, came back up and everybody was falling and so was he and I guess he asked her anyway. And then my sisters and everybody stood around the bed telling her that we could stay with her and we could stick by her until she got better and she kept adamantly, violently shaking her head no because she'd been in the hospital for six months close to had lost most of the function in her body couldn't walk on her own the doctors have said that there was a good chance she wouldn't be able to talk again and she was tired and you know it's interesting when people know Jesus and I, I think I mentioned this once before, but I sat in the room with my grandmother 10 minutes before she died. And I, and the first thing she said to me was she was ready to go home. And so I told her to tell Jesus, I said hi when she got there. And I left and she was gone. And people who are close to seeing Jesus, something changes about them. Because they speak of home and not of a home in a physical place. And it doesn't matter if they've read the Bible or know the scriptures or not. It's just what they do. And it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. <laughs> and I guess when my mom told us last night that she was ready, it sort of sealed it. Because as much as I could have prayed in faith and believed, it was that appointed time, and so we stayed at the hospital while they took the ventilator out, 
and for two hours waited for the moment to come. And then I sat there and watched her breathe her last couple breaths. And then I stood looking at the body that my mother used to be in, realizing that she wasn't there anymore. And while everybody was crying, the only thoughts that passed through my head were that it was time to rejoice. Because the second that she took that last breath and I stood there looking at a former corpse and a container in a shell that she used to inhabit, at the same time I was looking at that, she was standing in front of Jesus completely transformed and not the same woman she was here on earth and then the next thought that came out of my head was this really sucks because she's up there and I'm stuck here and you know if you don't know Jesus you probably should. Because my mom wasn't scared last night. She wasn't frightened. Because she knew. And not the knowing as in I'm guessing, I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm really, really hoping. She knew. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. What lay on the other side of a couple of breaths. And she knew that she was going to be standing in front of Jesus for the rest of eternity. And it's, it's ironic. I told my kids, I was explaining to my kids the other night that people die. And it's true. People do die. And then after that, well, yeah, after that, either one or two things will happen and we won't really go into that too much right now. Because the Bible says that God is long-suffering, patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, if you need prayer for anything tonight, Give us a call. Sounds sort of weird to say that after I just, like, gave you that story. But I've been contemplating this since yesterday. Outside the hospital, inside the hospital. All today, it's been something on my heart. Thinking, why didn't you get healed? As many times as we prayed. And then I realized she actually did for a while. And that God is still faithful. And something he said to me in the parking lot yesterday, when I asked him about it, was pretty much to the effect of, 
it wasn't my business to <clears throat> justify whether or not I was going to pray some, for someone based on my intellectual ability to understand what was going to, what was or was not going to happen. Because it's not my job to heal people. I don't have the ability to heal people. I don't have the power to heal people. I have a word of promise from God and a commandment, which is sort of like a law, to say that Jesus said to lay hands on the sick. And it ends there. It doesn't matter what I think about the law. It doesn't about what Jesus said. It doesn't matter what I believe is going to happen. We stand in faith, trusting him, and then the rest is up to him. And if something doesn't go exactly the way we think it will, we tend to get upset. But in reality, we should fall upon the grace of God and realize that we're not him. And we have absolutely no clue what's going on in the grander scheme of things and the bigger picture. And for me to be upset or for me to be angry at God would be a very futile attempt if you knew God and if you ever saw God, which none of us have yet. And I emphasize the word yet. Because he's a very big God. And, you know, he's gracious. And he's also sovereign. That's a good word to look up. He's a sovereign God. He's a sovereign king. And the Bible calls for us to be obedient in all things. And when it relates to what the Holy Spirit says and the word of God... And so we pray for people, and if they don't get healed that time, you move on and you keep praying. Move on to the next person, keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep preaching the Word of God. Even if the person you preach to doesn't get saved, you keep preaching it, and then you go to the next person, and you keep preaching it, and you keep preaching it, and you keep doing it over and over and over and over again until you don't have a breath left in your body, because that's the reason we're here. Because we have a mandate from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to declare the gospel from one end of this earth to the other, from the rising of the sun till it sets, until every living soul on the face of this planet has heard that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that is all that matters. So, our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. And we will be back in just a second. When the mountains look so big on my 
from experiencing the fullness of your presence in our lives. Father, give us boldness to boldly proclaim and to boldly speak your word. Father, in season and out of season, regardless of what our circumstances or situations may hold, Father, regardless of what mountain and what obstacle we face, Lord, give us the strength, Father, and the boldness and the grace to stand upon your word, Father, when having done all to stand, that we can stand. Father, for everyone in our listening audience tonight, Lord, Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of their hearts, that they would be flooded with light, Father, that they would know what is the hope of their calling. Father, let them know what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe. Father, let them comprehend and understand the width, the depth, the length, and the height. Father, let them know the love of Christ. Father, let them know the love of your Son, Jesus, who died and rose again, Father, that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Father, for any of those who are struggling tonight, with any sort of sin or addiction or bondage, Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we break the chains in the name of Jesus. We command every demonic spirit of affliction to flee in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Father, I ask that you would give them peace, Father. Lord, peace that surpasses all understanding, Father. That you would show them the true joy that only exists in your presence, Father. The joy that only comes from knowing you. And Father, fill us completely with your Spirit. Let us be transformed into your image, Father. Let us be unified as a body of believers. Father, as a dwelling place of your Holy Spirit. Father, let us become that pure and spotless bride, Father. Without spot or blemish, Father. Jesus said that the enemy is coming and he has nothing in me. Father, let us be like that. That we can stand... And when the enemy comes, we can say that he is nothing in us. For we are completely dedicated, completely sold out, completely consumed by our love for you. Jesus, be glorified tonight. Exalt your name in the midst of your people. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, guess I should clarify. You know, I've prayed for and they've gotten healed, and then 
I pray for people and they haven't gotten healed. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. But his word says to lay hands on the sick. And so we do it. Because it's not our power. It's not our authority. It's authority at the name of Jesus that does everything. And, you know, when things happen that you don't expect, then you forget about it and you move on. (laughs) Because Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to those things which are ahead. (laughs) So, let's see. I guess we're going to get into the Word tonight. Holy Spirit, please. Give us revelation into your word. Give us revelation. Make this alive to us. So, um, I'm going to start in Ephesians, and I don't know how far we're going to get, so we'll see. It's Ephesians chapter 4. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. That to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean but that also, that he first also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And what that pretty much means is, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't go straight to heaven. Like that second, he didn't breathe his last and go straight to heaven. But no, he descended into the depths of the enemy's territory, snatched back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, snatched the keys from the enemy, triumphed over him, took back the dominion that the Father had placed with Adam and Eve in the very beginning. And then he ascended it to the right hand of the majesty on high, and the Father exalted his name above every name and put all things under his feet. And he fills everything. And it says in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And, you know, we all have an anointing from the Holy Spirit. We all have, the Bible says we have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. The same Ruach Ruach HaKodesh that showed up on on the day of Pentecost. 
the same Holy Spirit that Jesus said that he would send once he went to the Father. And if you don't know, if you're an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher, then just be all of them. Paul said, I have become all things to all men, that I might win a few. At times you may need to be a teacher, but at times you may need to be an evangelist. At times you may be the only person who can hear the voice of God, and then you can be the prophet. It says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Because if you're not edifying the body of Christ, and if you're not uplifting people, then you should probably look and see what needs to be changed. And I'm sorry if that sounds harsh, but, you know, the Paul was really big on telling people that they need to live in the new life in which we were given and to not grieve the Holy Spirit and not to not to take advantage of the grace in which we and the freedom of grace that we've been given through Jesus Christ. And, you know, if you want to know how Christians are supposed to act, then Paul is a good place to start in the books that Paul wrote. Because he is, he, he lists out so many different things. It says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part of the part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all in cleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to this deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. You know that verse, that, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know, Jesus said the, that we were already clean because of the word he spoke over us. And the number one battlefield that, that will happen, and the number one war you're going to fight is in your head. It's with all the voices that you hear inside your head, and, you, and you're the one who has to distinguish and has to realize that not all those voices belong to you. 
because some of those voices are going to be yours, and then there's going to be the voice of the enemy who's going to be whispering temptations and distortions of the Word of God and of the truth into your head. And then there's going to be the voice of God. And the only way that you're going to be able to discern which is which is to get into the presence of God and seek his face until you, until you can hear his voice and understand his voice, until you become comfortable with his voice, until you take this word of God and you read it and you read it and you read it and you put it inside of you until you know what it says. So when the enemy comes towards you and tries to take a fiery dart, of disbelief or doubt and tries to throw it at you that you will know what the word of God says so you can stand on it. And it says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And, you know, the beginning of, first, of chapter 5 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. <laughs> in verse 8 it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And then verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Redeeming the times, because the days are evil. So as an Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. Anything that this world does now, it's done before. There's no new doctrines. There's, even though you may hear about them every day. And it'd be nice to sit here and tell you that it's going to get better and that all the, worlds will, all, the, all the wars will stop and Everybody will join hands and be all happy and everybody will worship Jesus, but it's not biblical and it's not true. It says this is in the time of Noah, so will the days be at the time of the Son of Man's return. But we, who are children of light, 
have a responsibility to walk as children of light and to not be ashamed in their presence. To not be ashamed of who you are. And if you don't know who you are, then you probably need to find out really quick. Because the days are coming when men will not be able to take sound doctrine. People, like the Bible says, people will gather their own teachers just to teach them and say things that will make them feel good. Churches will be full of hypocrisy and abominations who will take the word of truth and they'll they'll mold it and shape it to please the masses. And you know those days are coming and they're already here. When men will start profaning the name of Jesus and do everything in their power to remove the knowledge of him from this earth. But while there is still a remnant, while there is still a body, while there is still a bride, while there is still a church of the living God, we are still the lights that are set upon a hill. We still carry around the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. We still are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. (laughs) And what the world still does not realize is that He has dominion. And that every place the soles of your feet will tread, you can still boldly stand and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. In China, you can stand and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. In Russia, you can stand and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. In Japan, in Africa, in Australia, in the United States, in the United Kingdom, in Sweden, in Spain, He is still Lord. And until the time comes that either we take our last breath and go to see him, or he beats us and and makes it to us before we get there. Either way, he is still Lord. And one day, the nations of the world will stand before him whom they pierced. And either they'll know him or they won't. But you know, it says, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only son, that whoever would just believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The same son who died on the cross and while breathing his last breath 
looked down and said, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Because they hadn't received the revelation of the love of the Father. And what the love of the Father meant had to happen. And there are still men walking around this earth, pointing fingers and laughing. Because they don't know the love of God. They've never experienced the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in their own life. They've never experienced the darkness that can overtake someone's spirit and soul. Be cast away and have their heart flooded with light. They've never stood in the presence of Jesus. Gazing up to up into heaven and worshiping him who's still sitting on a throne and will be for eternity. But it's still our job to tell them over and over and over and over and over again. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for absolutely anything, give us a call. And we'll be back in a second. Shout. 
Oh, oh, oh. 
Just at the 11 o'clock hour, uh, Central Time, we're broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas. Praise God. We're just rejoicing in the Lord, and we're thankful to have Brother Sean back with us tonight. Of course, he carried the first hour of the broadcast, and just want to encourage everyone that's listening and those of you that know Sean to just keep him in prayer and just keep his family in prayer. Just thankful for him, just that he chooses to rejoice in the Lord, chooses to go forward in the things of God in spite of the circumstances and the different things that may come at him. He just chooses to go forward in faith and go forward in God. And we're just thankful for that, just thankful for just his encouragement and and just uh, his friendship and just glad that he just really exemplifies the character of Christ. He's a man of God, and we're just glad to know him and, and be a part of just this ministry with him and working with him. I know my wife and I are very blessed to know Sean Holmberg and his family. And as you get to know him via radio and via the website, you're going to learn to love him as well. So just keep him in prayer. We're just and thank you, Sean. Thank you, brother. Well, praise Jesus, we're here to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. We're here to lift up and glorify Christ Jesus, the Lord. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. We are declaring that his name is above every name and that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father. And you know that song that we played earlier, We Speak to Nations. You know, it starts out saying, do you hear the sound? The sound of the Father calling, who will go for us? Who will shout to the corners of the earth? That Christ is King, that Christ is here. When we speak to nations, be opened. Fall on your knees. And if you think about the lyrics, of it, and it continues to go on, but if you continue to think about those lyrics, if you let those lyrics really just minister to you and think about what they're saying, you know, that's what we're called to do. The Father is calling us to himself to, for us to be open, for us to be open to the Spirit, for us to be open to the Spirit of Christ, for us to have our ears open to his voice. And then begin to speak and declare what we hear in our ears. Begin to declare what we hear the Father speaking. Begin to do what we see the Father daily. And as we begin to go forward like Christ and like the 
prophets of old, and like the men and women in the Bible, they begin to preach the kingdom. And as we begin to preach the kingdom, God will confirm his word with signs following. As we begin to speak to nations to be open, guess what? They're going to open up. When we begin to speak for blinded eyes to be open, not only physical blinded eyes, but spiritually blinded eyes, that people would see and behold the King of glory. We begin to speak for lives and for people to be open to the truth, to the spirit of truth, the spirit of Christ. They're going to open up. Open up. And that's what we want. We want nations to be open to the gospel. In Jesus' name, we declare. And for this nation, for the United States of America, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for the United States of America, for Barack Obama and his family, for our president and his cabinet, for the leaders of our nation, those that are in government, those that are in city council, city government, state government, federal government, those that are judges, policymakers, politicians. Father, we pray, Lord God, for those that uphold the law, those that carry it out. Lord, we just pray for the people of our nation, the men, the women, the children, the families that are represented in our nation, Father, that your spirit would pour out, that, Father, you would touch every person listening and those that are represented, those that are not listening tonight. We just stand in the gap for our nation and pray your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Give this nation daily bread. Supply our needs. Take care of us, Lord. Overshadow us, Father. And begin to separate your remnant, separate your people, cover and protect your remnant appear in the nation, the United States, and the nation of America. Begin to separate your people. Protect and keep your people. And, Father, add to your church. Draw people from the north, south, east, and west. Send laborers into the harvest. And draw the harvest in to the glory of the knowledge of God to understand you and to know you intimately, to receive your spirit and to receive your truth. We speak blessings over this nation. God bless this nation's peace and protection safety and prosperity provision be over this nation. Father, may your anointing rest over this nation and bring a peace that breaks and an anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just had to pray for our nation. You know, we are declaring for nations to be opened, especially our nation and the nations around the, the world. That's what we're really here for. We don't want to lose sight of what we're doing here at Prayer International. And, and if you've tuned in, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And, of course, Sean Holmberg was in the studio for the first part of the broadcast. Listen, we are raising up a watch of prayer. We're raising up prayer for not only this nation and other nations, but for ministries and ministers. We're not only praying on the radio, on this blog talk radio a couple hours and declaring the word of God, but we're also praying on our website and we are praying throughout the day. We've got intercessors that are praying and, and we're connecting with spiritual family all over the 
the United States and all over the globe, from India to Singapore to Kenya, Canada, from California to Connecticut, from Massachusetts to Michigan, from Texas to Tennessee, praise God. Brother Joe, out there in Tennessee, God bless you. God bless those sister show in Nebraska. We got people, spiritual families, brothers and sisters in the faith all over. And it's great to know that we've got family. It's great to know that we are literally making a network. We're spreading a net across the globe to bring in the harvest. And that's what we're here to do. Jesus said he would make us fishers of men. And that we are to go out and bring in the harvest. That's what we're here. You know, as we join hands, as we lock arms, as we begin to build in our little portion, whether it's our little city or state or town or our little uh, country, whatever little piece of the globe God gives us, listen, start building where you're at. Start praying. Raise up an altar of prayer, not only with your, your you and your family, your loved ones, your church, but find prayer partners, find people you can lock up with and pray on some type of regular basis when you can and as often as you can. The Bible says pray continually, pray without ceasing, that be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto God. Praise the Lord. God is receiving prayer tonight. We are praying for you tonight. We're praying for those of you on Blog Talk Radio, those of you that are listening on our website, www.prayerinternational.org. You can send in your requests or your comments at prayerinternational at gmail.com. That's our email address. Or, of course, if you're listening via Facebook, uh, we're in there. If you can contact us through the Prayer International or uh, look Sean or I up on Facebook. We're, we're in there. However you can reach us, we want to make sure we are accessible so you can get prayer, ministry, whatever your needs are. And, of course, my wife and I are available for prayer and, and Sean and his family, and we've got intercessors that are making themselves available. We want to reach out however we can and make sure the Lord is meeting you where you're at, how we can help introduce you or connect you to the glory and the presence of God, connect you to the Spirit of God, whatever we can do to help that. That's what we're here for. Give us a call, 619-638-8458 if you want to go to the phone. We're going to take a praise break. We're going to come back and get into a little more prayer, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. You know, we are sort of... Sean started us off in Ephesians 4 and a little bit in Ephesians 5. Last night I was going to get into Ephesians 5, but uh, things sort of shifted on the program. And uh, we may go into 5 or 6 tonight. I was kind of thinking that last night, but uh, we'll just see. Uh, Praise God. Listen, if you're thirsty, all who are thirsty, listen, Isaiah 55 says this. Let me just share... A little piece of the word, a little piece of the rock. 
Praise God. Isaiah 55, 5 says, Ho! Everyone that is thirsty, come to the waters, and he that has no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread, and labor on that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in a rich apparent and fatness and abundance. So God says, look, if you're thirsty, come to the waters and drink. And all who are thirsty, and all who are weak, come to the fountain, and if you are
Praise God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and of course, 
We are about 23 minutes past the 11 o'clock hour, broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas. We are speaking to nations to be open tonight. Speaking to nations to invite Jesus into their lives. Invite Jesus into your family. Invite Jesus into your city or your town or your country. Into your life. Allow the Spirit of God to open up your eyes. Allow the Spirit of God to reveal truth to you. Because when you know the truth, it is then that you're set free. When you know who God is, when you know what His Word is, when you know what His plan is, and what He is speaking over your life, when you can begin to walk in that, that's when you become free. You become free in Him. See, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's a freedom in God. You see, when you have God's approval in what you're doing, when you have God's seal of acceptance, when you've got got, got God's stamp of approval, His go-ahead on it, his affirmation that there's a liberty, there's a freedom. Because, see, it doesn't matter what a person says. It doesn't matter what a nation or a country or a state or a, even a preacher or a man or a woman, it does not matter what they say. What matters is, thus saith the Lord. Now, people may... And not always, but they may be in unity or in agreement or in order or in alignment with what God is speaking or saying or doing, but not often. And so there's times in our lives when we're going to have to stand stand on the Word of God. Stand on the word of God. Well, let's go with Ephesians 6 for a minute. And I was going to get into 5, but I think we're going to get to 6. Yeah. All right, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, often I've heard this taught a couple different ways. One, this is in line with honor your father and mother, okay, which is what the next verse says. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment and promise, verse 3, that it may be well with thee, and thou may live long on the earth. Now let's stop there. Now that was actually one of the ten commandments the Lord gave, and just as this said, it's the first commandment that had a promise attached to it. And the promise was, if you honor your father and mother, you'll live long on the earth, and it'll be well with you, be well with your soul, 
Things will be well in your life. There's a blessing. But if you read the very first verse, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then it says, Honor your father and mother. Now, when it says obey your parents in the Lord, it doesn't just say parents. It says parents in the Lord. And I think a lot of times we need to realize that God appoints to us spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, spiritual overseers, spiritual leaders, spiritual guides that are to help nurture and under-shepherd our lives, to help point us in the right direction, to help coach us in the things of God, to help steer us and point us in the Word of God, to help train us up to hear the voice of God, to train us up to follow God and His plan for our lives. That's what a spiritual parent does. You see, they're aspiration, just like a natural parent's aspirations for their children, that their children would far exceed what they do in life and have a better life, have a more blessed life than they ever had or could think about having. Spiritual parents, our spiritual fathers, our spiritual mentors, our spiritual leaders should be raising up spiritual sons and daughters that are far exceeding the expectations or doing exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what their spiritual parents ever did. And so we need to realize in the kingdom we've got spiritual parents that are there to coach us and mentor us and help raise us up in the things of God point us to God and to help us learn how to follow God, not follow people, but follow God. And we also, in the kingdom, have spiritual children. We should be raising up spiritual sons and daughters. You see, that we, we have to pass the torch. You see, the kingdom does not end with us. It doesn't stop with us. What God is doing in the earth does not stop with your generation, doesn't stop with my generation, nor does it stop with the generation that's coming up after me. And at this point, I, there's actually one coming up after them. I'm, I'm hitting 40 almost. But there's, there's a generation behind me, and then there's another generation coming up right after them. And the kingdom of God does not stop. We need to learn to leave a legacy for our children. The Bible says a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I don't always think that means financial, but there's a spiritual inheritance. So let's continue. Verse 4. Now this, I think, has a double meaning, a natural and a spiritual meaning. So when you Read about children or fathers or mothers 
husbands and wives always look at it as a shadow and a type. Always look at what God may be speaking. Now we can't over spiritualize or super spiritualize everything and we can't always try to look for some hidden meaning in every single Bible verse. We just have to allow truth to be truth. But realize that the Bible says there's shadow and types. And Jesus taught to us in parables. There's a lot of allegories and there's a lot of things in the Word we need to really examine. So verse 4, chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up and nurture and admonition of the Lord. See, spiritual fathers don't spend their time provoking their protégés, provoking children that they're to raise up in the things of God. Natural fathers should not be provoking their children to wrath, but they're to bring them up in the nurture, nurture, nurture. That's what fathers do. Look at the word father in verse 4. and skip down a couple words. Now, I'm reading out of the King James. Sometimes I'll teach out of Amplified. It might be NIV. And we may get into Greek and Hebrew, although uh, sometimes it's a little bit too much for some. But I like it. But it says, Fathers, bring them up in the nurture and admonition. Admonish. Admonition what? Of the Lord. See, we need to learn how to nurture spiritual children, and we need to learn how to admonish them in the Lord. And if you have natural children, you need to learn how to nurture them. Not provoke them, but nurture them. Not not raise them up just to serve you, but you raise them up and you serve them and you nurture them. Let's keep reading. It says in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That means the Lord wants to admonish, teach teach the admonishment of the Lord. Teach the love of God. Teach the affirmation of God to your natural children and to your spiritual children. Whatever God, when God gives you people in your life, no matter what kind of stuff you go through with them, learn to center your relationships and your friendships, your spiritual relationships in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and the love of God. Get rooted and established it. Verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. Realize you're a servant of Christ. Or if you're an employee and you've got a, a, a boss, an employer, if you're a teacher with a student or you're a student that has a teacher, you're maybe you're apprenticing on a job, Whatever the case is, whoever God called you to serve, listen, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and feebleness of your heart as under Christ. So when you serve somebody, do it as under Christ. 
not with eye service as men pleasers, not so everybody will see you, so you're pleasing the men and to get people to pat you on the back, to give you a bunch of props. No. But do it as a servant of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Make sure it's from the heart. What you do in public, make sure it's what you'll do in secret. If you pray in public, make sure you're praying in secret. If you're blessing God in public, make sure you're blessing God in secret. What you do in public. reflects on God in you or the lack thereof. But what you do in private really shows who you are, who your character is, and shows God who you are. And God says what you do in secret, I'll reward you openly. But don't do it as high service, but do it as unto the Lord. Not unto men. Doing the will of God from his heart. Verse 7, with good will, doing services unto the Lord and not to men. Verse 8, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So it says, whatever you do, you receive it back from the Lord. Whatever good thing you do. But that also means whatever bad thing you do. You reap what you sow. Verse 9, and masters, do the same to them that forbearing them, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. So if you're in charge, if you're a, an employer and you've got people working under you, whatever your situation is, make sure Make sure Praise God Just make sure that you've got the love of God In your heart whenever you do something If you have to correct somebody Correct them in love Sometimes you have to speak firmly to people To get your point across But make sure they know that the reason you're doing it Is because of the love of the Lord An open rebuke is better than hidden love, the Bible says. So it's better to confront, but when you confront, make sure you do it as from the Lord. Praise God. Well, God bless everybody in the chat room tonight. Praying for you. We're going through Ephesians chapter 6. Thanking God. We've got people listening tonight. So Ephesians 6. So let's keep going. Talking about masters. If you've got uh, employees, treat them right. If you've got people that spiritual employees, people that look up to you, if you're a leader, 
treat your people right. Make sure you serve the people. If you're a leader in the church or in education or in business or wherever you're at, serve the people. Try to be a servant. Don't always make everybody serve you. I mean, teach teach people how to serve. And make sure you you teach by example. Praise God. Well, God is good. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. Sean Holmberg will be back with us again tomorrow. I'll be back again tomorrow as well. If you're just tuning in, we we go from 10 to 12 Central Time, broadcasting out of Plano and Dallas, Texas, various locations. Praise God. Prayer International Radio, this is Face to Face. Give us a call, 619-638-8458, or you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Go to the website, www.prayerinternational.org. Right now we are in Ephesians 10. Verse 10. Chapter 6, verse 10. We go through the whole chapter, check it out, listen to the archives if you missed part of it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yeah, what I'm talking about. Here's where it gets better. I'd like to say here's where it gets good, but it's all good. Uh, Finally, see, you know when it says finally? Whenever you see the word finally in a in a chapter, that means all that stuff that you read in that first part of the chapter was leading up to this part right here. This is where he was trying to get to. This is what he was leading up to. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, why would he say whole armor? Why wouldn't he just say, put on the armor of God? He said, put on the whole armor of God. That means learn to put it all on. Be well-rounded. Be well-protected. God's very thorough. And he wants his people to be thorough. Thoroughly prepared. Thoroughly equipped for battle. Thoroughly prepared for the fight. Why? He said, no man... Build the towers until he considers the cost. And he makes sure that it, when he gets into the deal, he's going to finish. Because, see, God wants us to be finishers. God wants us to finish strong. And if you're going to finish strong, you've got to be thoroughly equipped and ready. So he says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? This is why that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, verse 12, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this world. You see, there's rulers of darkness of this world, and then there's 
spiritual wickedness in high places. And then there's principalities and powers that are in the high places as well. But our fight is not in the flesh. Our fight is in the spirit realm. Listen, he says, here we go again. 13, wherefore, take unto you, take unto you. First he says, put on the whole armor that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Then he says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That you may be able to withstand. When you withstand something, that means when everything's coming against you, after the after the wind came, after the storm came, and the the house withstood the storm, that means it was still standing after all hell broke loose. So so God says, look, put on your whole armor. Put it on that you can stand, but then take it unto you that you can withstand. What does that mean? You better hold on tight and dig your heels in. So you can withstand the evil day, verse 13. And having done all to stand, some versions say, having overcome all. See, listen, when you withstood in the evil day and you've overcome all, how do you do that? You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. That's the first weapon you're going to use in this fight is the blood of the Lamb. We're coming up on Passover, and that's what it was all about. They put on the blood over the doorposts of the they would overcome. The angel of death would pass over. And they would overcome. They would withstand death. They'd withstand sickness. They'd withstand destruction. God says, take unto you that you may be able to withstand having done all the sins. He says, having overcome all, and you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So those are the two weapons. The blood and the word. Everybody remember the blood and the word. The blood and the word. The blood and the word. And this is what you do. Having your loins girt with truth. The Bible says they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So you can't even have the weapon of worship or the weapon of praise without truth. Without truth. Got to have truth. Your loins have to be girt with it. You've got to know truth. Jesus is the truth. You've got to know Jesus, and you've got to have Jesus, and you've got to have His kingdom and His ways and His word planted inside of you. You've got to take it unto you. You need to put on the armor. So the 
the truth girds your loins, your your inner parts, your spirit. That's where you worship God. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, what covers your heart, what guards your heart is his righteousness, the blood, the blood is his righteousness. He's Jehovah. Jehovah Makadesh and Siskanu, the sanctifier, the righteousness of your life. He's the one that makes you clean and sets you apart. And you shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why do you need something on your feet? You need to stand. You need a firm footing. You need something where you can dig your heels in and get a grip. And you won't lose your foothold. You won't lose your footing. And that's the gospel. You've got to be prepared. The gospel. You've got to be thoroughly equipped and thoroughly prepared with the gospel. And that gospel is Jesus. That gospel is his truth. He's the one that causes you to stand. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith works without faith. It's impossible to please him. You've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you come to God, you've got to believe in him. You've got to have faith. That's your shield. That's what surrounds you. That's what keeps you when everything's coming at you. That's what keeps you protected is your faith in Christ, your faith in God. Take the helmet of salvation. Jesus Christ is the captain of your salvation, the blood of Christ. Put that helmet on to keep from beating your head against the wall when when you miss it, when you blow it. We have an advocate. If we confess our sin, he'll just forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, pierces, judges the thoughts and intents of the heart that separates the spirit and the flesh. Praise God. So you've got to have the Word. You've got to have your salvation. You've got to have faith, the shield of faith. Quenching all the fiery darts, all those arrows that come at you. And you're praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching, 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 watching. See, that's key. You, you don't just pray, but you watch. You don't just listen, but you watch. Begin to get the eyes of the Spirit seeing. you got to get in the Spirit so you can watch. With all perseverance. Perseverance is a weapon. You keep going at it. You keep going at your enemy. You keep going at your enemy until eventually he falls. And then you don't stop. Prayer is the same way. Warfare is the same way. You're going to fight your enemy. You're going to pray for a breakthrough. You're going to pray until you get your answer. You're going to pray and don't stop. Watching thereunto all perseverance and supplication for all things. 
and for me that the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. Are you going to open your mouth boldly and make known the mysteries of God? The Bible says, verse 20, he says he's an ambassador in bonds. Praise God. So we'll just stop there. Look, this is Prayer International Radio. We're declaring out of Ephesians 6. You can read it or listen to it later. Father, we just ask that you would seal your word of the heart. Cause them to, with the word of truth, wash them, raise them up, help them to be nurtured and admonished by the things of God, clothe them in the armor of God, prepare them for the battle, help them to stand, having done all the stand, and Lord, help them get a firm footing with their shield of faith up to place the fiery darts, put the two-edged sword in their hand and the high praises of God in their mouth, that spirit of truth that warfare of worship to defeat their enemy. Praise the Lord. We're going to take some prayer requests. We're going to go into a quick time of worship and let this word soak in to your spirit. Praise God.
Praise God, we're back. Well, that was Awakened Love, and we are praying that your eyes would be open to behold the glory of the Lord, behold the beauty of the Lord. He would awaken you, that you would rise up out of your sleep, that you'd rise up. Experience Him, experience His presence, and experience the glory of the Lord and the benefits that come with being His child. So let me pray for you. This is Prayer International Radio. Check us out, www.prayerinternational.org. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus for everyone listening, for those that are not. Lord, reveal Yourself in a mighty way. Touch everybody. By your spirit, Father, touch them in their minds. Let them have peace, remove anxiety. Father, touch them in their bodies. Remove every sickness, infirmity, remove any disease, remove every stumbling block or obstacle in their way. Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would touch every person by your spirit. Touch their spirits. Reveal Christ Jesus to them as Savior and Lord, as healer, Father. We just declare the report of the Lord over everybody. We pray for your presence to touch where they're at. Pray for your glory and your anointing to break every yoke in their lives. Father, we thank you that your love is from everlasting to everlasting. Father, we thank you, Lord. That your love, no one can separate us from your love. Your love never fails. Reveal your love. Awaken people to your love, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Now, Lord, we remember your blood tonight. We remember your broken body as we declare your atonement, your covenant, your healing covenant, your salvation, your deliverance, and your freedom your financial blessing, Lord, your restoration in in marriages and and families and lives. We just ask this of everyone tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Bless you tonight, those of you on the Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, www.prayerinternational.org. This is Prayer International Radio. Have a good night.